So sometimes it's so hard because newborns, it feels like they're feeding all day, every day, but their tummies are so small. So that's normal. Um, And so I think it is important to know the difference because it feels like they're not (laughs) most of the time in those early days. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Sarah O'Rourke about breastfeeding and how reaching out to a lactation consultant might be the right option for you along your journey. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm so happy to have you here and really get this conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Sarah O'Rourke, and I'm a certified lactation counselor, as well as an internationally board-certified lactation consultant. I basically um, basically got started because I'm a mom, and I was breastfeeding, and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, my first child, I did not meet my breastfeeding goals, so um, I knew when I had my second that I wanted to reach out and um, get some support. And that kind of just inspired me to be that person for other breastfeeding moms, because I think so many times we think that because it's natural and normal, um, that means this can be easy. And that's really not the case at all sometimes. So um, that's kind of how I got started. And, and I really just love supporting moms in their postpartum journey and their breastfeeding journey and helping them meet those goals. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, we do kind of like think it's this natural process. And, you know, me going into motherhood, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to breastfeed. And and that's how it's going to be. That's what we're going to do. And I didn't really think about the logistics of it and what all goes into it. I thought, you know, they said baby will just latch on and, and just start going. So when there were kind of like hiccups and things going on, I was confused. I was like, you know, am I doing it right? Is this going on? And even being in the hospital and having somebody kind of like be there to help me immediately after, I felt almost as if I was supposed to do some homework beforehand. They were like, oh, well, have you practiced like hand expressing or like is any of your milk coming in? And I was clueless. I was absolutely, you know, kind of like, I have no idea. Like, you tell me. And I think, you know, a lot of the times moms are in that situation. We've never come across this. We've never been exposed to it. We've never physically, maybe we've known someone that's breastfed or seen somebody breastfeeding, but we've never physically done it ourselves. Absolutely. So what can you kind of suggest for moms, you know, maybe they're they're still pregnant, they're expecting to breastfeed, what would you suggest on on how they can prepare and what they can be doing now? Yeah, that's a great question because I think sometimes when we do wait until we run into trouble, we're so overwhelmed by just postpartum emotions and the stress of a new baby. Maybe you're maybe it's your second baby and you're trying to juggle that transition. So I think 
just getting support early. You know, maybe that is during pregnancy. Maybe you don't necessarily want the support during pregnancy, but um, look up some lactation consultants in your area. Or if there's no one in your area, um, telehealth is really becoming more common now. Just look up some resources and have them on hand. Put them in your phone. You know, everybody's got their phone, especially when you're sitting there breastfeeding. So make a little note in your phone of a list of lactation consultants and their number. You know, that way you have it. Maybe even consider a prenatal breastfeeding classes a class. There's a lot of lactation consultants that do offer them. So that's a great option. I think a lot of times, like you said, people don't know the resources that are out there or they just don't think they'll need them. So I would just say being proactive, um, whether that's taking a class or just having the resources conveniently located where if you need them, you have them. And then the other thing is there's resources like books. I really like the Womenly Art of Breastfeeding. That's a really great resource. If you like reading and that's more your style, you know, some people just a little bit introverted. They don't want to go meet with somebody um, unless they absolutely need to. So that's a good option as well. Great. So you said, you know, finding a lactation consultant in our area. Is there an easy way to do that? Is there a main website that we can find, you know, people in our area or how does that work? Sure. That's a great question. So um, typically there are different breastfeeding coalitions here in South Carolina. There's South Carolina Breastfeeding Coalition and most states have those. Um, La Leche League is another great resource to find lactation support. And honestly, you could just Google most of the times lactation consultants in my area. If you um, are somewhere where you might not have somebody, um, I would probably go the route of using something like um, a Google search or the um, Breastfeeding Coalition or something like that. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of online resources. Like I said, La Leche, Breastfeeding Coalition, stuff like that. So. Great. And for a prenatal breastfeeding class, what would kind of go into that? What would you be learning and being exposed to in that sort of class versus, you know, maybe a generic just birth preparation class? That's a great question. Um, So what I cover in my class is usually kind of just what to expect. You know, there's so much talk of, has your milk come in? You mentioned that earlier. So what does that mean? You know, most moms think when they hear that, that they're, what they have is not milk when that's not really true. So just kind of dispelling some of those myths about breastfeeding, talking about when to seek help, when what are some signs that you need to see a lactation consultant? What is normal? What is not normal? Um, what are signs of a good milk supply? What are signs your baby's getting enough? Those kind of things. We would always cover different positions. Um, there's not really a right way to hold your baby when you're breastfeeding for the most part, um, but there's so many different ways and it's going to be different for different moms. So kind of just going over basic positionings, um, basic latch, you know, what a good latch looks like, those kind of things. Yeah. Oh, and then also if you have a partner that's really involved, I always invite them to come because it's so important to have that support and kind of go over what they can do to help. Awesome. So we kind of had a few people reach out and get some questions going 
uh, in preparation for this recording. So, and that's really fun and exciting, you know, something that we didn't try before, but it's definitely um, something that I want to start incorporating into these episodes. So basically a lot of moms were sort of asking, you know, like, what should I be looking out for? Or when should I be seeking a lactation consultant? Like when is it a point of, you know, maybe something's a little off or I do need that additional support, you know, other than maybe just kind of like sensing it and saying like, hey, this doesn't seem to be right. Maybe I need to like contact somebody. What are some, I guess, signs that you could really notice and be looking for your help? Yes. So um, I think we used to, and I'm happy to say that I think this myth is being dispelled a lot lately. So that's great. But we used to tell moms that it was okay that their nipples hurt or were sore, even bleeding, and that they just needed time to toughen up, you know. And um, I'm glad that that is kind of dissipating that myth. But we still hear it sometimes. And so definitely number one red flag, if your breasts or your nipples are hurting or bleeding or cracked, that is not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. So that is kind of that number one red flag. If you're having a lot of pain, um, definitely reach out for some support. If your baby is not having wet diapers frequently, um, at least a couple poopy diapers a day, um, they may not be getting enough milk. If you just feel like, you know, things aren't right, um, if you feel like your baby's constantly upset or screaming or fussing at the breast, um, that might be a good idea to reach out to a lactation consultant. Um, and if you suspect any sort of oral ties, that's also really good to reach out to a lactation consultant. Sometimes pediatricians just don't know because that's not what they went to school for. Um, so if you're breastfeeding and you suspect a tie, definitely reach out to a lactation consultant. Awesome. And so how can we tell if our baby is getting full or if they're getting enough milk or, you know, if our milk is coming in at all? (laughs) How can we look at that and find out? So sometimes it's so hard because newborns, it feels like they're feeding all day, every day, but their tummies are so small. So that's normal. Um, And so I think it is important to know the difference because it feels like they're not (laughs) most of the time in those early days. But if if your baby's feeding at the breast, if if they feel, if your breasts feel softer after the feed, um, if your baby seems relaxed compared to the start of the feed um, and a lot of times you can look at their hands and you'll kind of see their hands be a tight fist at the beginning of that feed. And then by the end, they'll kind of open their palms and relax and their whole body posture should kind of just relax at the end. That's kind of a sign of satiety um, that there's some fullness. Now that may go away in like 10 minutes because their tummies are so small and they stay, they don't stay full for that long. Um, And that's okay. But as long as you're seeing kind of that change from those really that really tight body posture, those tight fists, lots of rooting and kind of turning side to side. Those are all hunger cues. If you see those kind of go away as the feed progresses, then you can you can be sure that your baby is getting some milk and, and doing what they're supposed to do. Um, those wet and dirty diapers, like I mentioned before, those are really important. So looking out for those. And again, your, your breasts, they should feel fuller at the beginning of the feed and um, softer by the end of the feed. 
So those are three pretty good indications. And again, if you're if you're at all worried, it doesn't hurt to reach out to, for help. Most lactation consultants will will give you a quick phone call, usually for free. I know I do. So <laughs> if it's just like I'm not sure, you know, just reach out for help. It doesn't hurt, right? What if they're also not sure kind of your range of services? Like, you know, we're we're struggling with breastfeeding or, you know, we just have some questions. What range of services do you kind of cover? Like where does that stop and end in how you're able to assist them? Um, so do you mean like as far as um, what type of services I have or can you elaborate a little? Yeah, I guess. I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, you go to a dentist, like they work on your teeth, like, you know, it has everything to do with that. Like, what is your, I guess, range of what you would cover? Like, what can we go to a lactation consultant specifically for versus like, maybe it's more the pediatrician that we would go to or, you know, like another service that would be needed? Sure. Okay. That's a great question. So we would definitely be able to go over latch positioning. We would be able to do, um, you know, I mentioned ties earlier, um, tongue ties, lip ties. Those are becoming so much more common and understood. Um, Lactation consultants are usually, if you're breastfeeding, they're usually kind of the go-to for that because we can um, do an assessment to understand functionally, is there an issue? It sometimes it's like, oh yeah, there's a frenulum there and it, it looks like it's tight, but is it affecting breastfeeding? So um, that's definitely something a lactation consultant would be able to help with. Returning to work, um, you know, starting that pumping schedule, figuring out when to pump, how much to pump, how often to pump, um, those kind of things. Um, goodness, what else? Um, weaning even. Uh, teething. We cover really a lot of different things. Pretty much if you're breastfeeding and it's not a medical issue, I would say your lactation consultant should be able to help. Even honestly, if you had like mastitis, you still could see a lactation consultant. And if we needed to refer you to a provider, then um, we could, because sometimes it's not mastitis, sometimes it's a clogged duct or various other things. So there's really a lot that we cover. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then another question that had come up is how can dads or partners help support the mom that is breastfeeding? What are some things that they can do on their end? Yeah, I love that question because that means that dad or partner wants to be involved, which is so amazing and so important because it really is a team effort. And so just having that support, I can tell you, um, makes such a big difference. Um, Honestly, it's the little things, you know, just read the books, talk to the lactation consultant, like understand everything that mom understands. That way, when she's struggling and she's doubting herself, you can say, oh, no, he, the baby's having plenty of poopy diapers. You're doing a great job. You know, just that emotional encouragement is so, so important. Bring her snacks, bring her water. If you have another child running around, you know, help them out so she can really just focus on breastfeeding. I would say just as much other things you can do that are not breastfeeding, do them because then she won't feel like, oh, I haven't done laundry in like three days or a week or whatever. I really need to do laundry. But 
you know, and then she's got to decide, like, do I feed the baby or do I hold off and go do the laundry, you know, do all those things that she would otherwise have to do um, and support her that way for sure. Awesome. And then you had said earlier, you know, like some of these things that we're seeing are common, but they're not normal. So you were saying, you know, like your nipples hurting or bleeding or cracked or things like that. You know, what are some other things that maybe, you know, you're talking in a mom group or you have some mom friends and they're like, oh, yeah, like that happened to me. Like that's so common. That's this and that. Like what are some things that you have seen that moms have struggled with that have been told oh yeah, that happens to everybody or that's so common where it's not actually normal and it doesn't need to be occurring and we don't need to be struggling with those. Yeah, I love that question. So I would definitely say perceived low milk supply. There is true low milk supply and you know those women need to be supported and that is that can be an issue. But I would say generally speaking, most moms that think they don't have enough milk, they just need, they just don't have support. That's really what's missing. It's not the milk. So I think that appears common, at least, you know, that needs to top off with formula and to supplement um, when really it's not low milk, it's just low support. So I would say that that is something that we see commonly. And then you were also saying that you are able to help with a pumping schedule and, you know, like getting feeding schedules and stuff. What does that just generally look like in the first maybe few weeks, few months? Like how often are we feeding our babies? How much should they be consuming? And then if we're switching to pumping, how often do we pump versus we were doing feedings? Can you kind of give like a little elaboration on maybe what that might look like? Yeah. So a lot of pumping and output and um, how much milk you're going to give depends on how old baby is, how much they weigh, um, when exactly you're returning to work. Um, Different lactation consultants have different methods. I always like to recommend if you have a maternity leave that you know is set for a certain amount of time, take that leave and cut it in half and start pumping about halfway through. Um, just to give yourself, because pumping is a learned skill. So um, sometimes it takes time for your body to learn to respond to that pump. I also would want to help moms find resources because a lot of times they don't know that they could potentially get a free breast pump through their insurance or um, through different organizations. So that's something I would encourage them to explore and help them find those resources because I feel like sometimes those resources go unused just because people don't know that they're there. As far as giving milk um, in a bottle, sometimes that's a transition. If baby has been breastfeeding for several weeks, they might, you know, it might take some time to adjust to the bottle. There's different bottles that kind of help protect the breastfeeding relationship um, and different what we call paste bottle feeding is a kind of method to bottle feed that um, helps protect that breastfeeding relationship. So I would go over those kind of things. The pumping schedule really would be like customized to that person's needs. You know, how often can they realistically pump? How often does their baby need to feed depending on age and weight and those kind of things? What about, you know, kind of how long milk can stay out or, you know, like if we just heated up a bottle, 
and and now it's sitting out like what is that protocol kind of look like yeah so it's different for um you know room temperature versus refrigerator versus freezer and there's different guidelines depending on which organization um, you're going with but i would always provide those to clients that, you know, that need those. Um, Typically, it's like six to eight hours at room temperature. And um, whether or not you how long you have before you can, like, if you started a bottle, for example, it would be different than not using the bottle and then reheating it, if that makes sense. So it kind of just depends, I guess, is, is the best answer. Um, deep, in a deep freezer, you usually get about a year. Um, in a regular freezer, six to eight months. Awesome. And then, um, you know, I I always heard, like, Rosie had a little bit of, um, like, baby acne, if you will, like, call it and everything. And, like, I had heard, like, our breast milk, we can use – for those kinds of situations. Is that something you have learned or or you kind of, you know, express to your clients or are there other uses for breast milk other than, you know, just solely feeding? Yes, absolutely. Um, so breast milk is kind of like the miracle <laughs> um, stuff. I, I always tried to tell my my clients not to dump your breast milk that's like a huge um it's a huge waste that's so much hard work and you know it's really a labor of love pumping so um yes you can I've used it on um for ear infections (laughs) I've used it um for like clogged tear ducts and then um you know skin issues in a bath all those things it's pretty much good for anything (laughs) So, oh, also, um, if you freeze breast milk um, and use it in like one of those mesh feeders, it's amazing for teething. So you said don't dump your breast milk. You know, I think a lot of people have heard like the whole phrase like pump and dump. When should we be doing that? Should we be doing that at all? You know, what is kind of like... I guess a guideline as far as like if you're consuming alcohol or maybe if you're sick, like do we stop? What goes on there? Right. So again, that's going to be a really specific question. Generally speaking, there are not very many circumstances where you need to dump your breast milk. There's going to be a few a few times where there's just no way around a medication that's contraindicated. But usually you can even use that like in a bath. Um, The Infant Risk Center is a really great resource. And they have an app that um, is called Lactmed. Um, And then there's another one called um, Mommy Meds. Um, Lactmed's free. Mommy Meds is like $3.99, I think, in the app store. Um, So both, you know, either free or inexpensive. And I would, if you're a breastfeeding mom, download that on your phone for sure. Most medications are going to be in there and it will break down um, what we know about that drug and how it interacts with breastfeeding. And if it's safe, why, if it's unsafe, why is it unsafe? 
Um, is it just that it could, some cold medicines can lower your milk supply? So you might say, well, it's worth it. You know, I have a really good supply, but I'm, I'm dying over here and I have this cold. Um, <laughs> so you might say, I'm just going to, you know, really breastfeed as much as I can to keep my supply up or pump a little extra and, and take the Sudafed. <laughs> um, but that is a really great resource because it is backed by the Infant Risk Center. They are really um, a great resource to um, just know what is safe and what is not. Sometimes pediatricians just don't know. Honestly, it'd be impossible to know every medication that's contraindicated for breastfeeding. Most lactation consultants don't even know, and that's kind of our thing. So <laughs> that's a really great resource. Um, I think you mentioned feeding while you have a cold. That's totally fine. In fact, if you're up to it, it's really encouraged because you your body's making antibodies. Um, for that cold and you're passing those to babies. So that's wonderful. You know, take care of yourself, stay super hydrated when you're sick and eat nutrient dense foods. So your health doesn't suffer, but definitely keep feeding your baby if you can. What are some maybe generic ways that we can increase our milk supply? I know that's probably going to like differ, you know, from mom to mom, but I think a lot of people struggle with thinking that their supply is down. And you did also say like, you know, true low milk supply. Can you kind of go into that and, and maybe give suggestions on, on how we can be increasing our supply if we feel like it's low? Absolutely. So um, the biggest way to increase your milk supply is just milk removal, frequent milk removal and stimulation. So that means feeding your baby often, making sure you have a good deep latch. So they are removing that milk effectively. Um, if you feel like for some reason that your baby is not removing the milk effectively, maybe that's a tie, maybe they have um, some medical thing going on. It's always good to find out the root cause of that. You know, why is my baby not removing the milk? But in the interim, you can, you can pump a little bit to remove the rest of that milk. Feeding at the breast and pumping are the two most important things to increase your supply. And then the third I would say is skin to skin. That is, you know, when you do, we talk about that goal, that magical hour or the golden hour, or, you know, different things right after birth where they put baby skin to skin on mom. And it's so good for bonding and closeness. Um, it's also really good for your milk supply. And that doesn't have to stop, you know, right after a baby's born. It is so calming for them and it's so good for your milk supply. So if you're really struggling, just kind of get in bed skin to skin with baby or get in a bath skin to skin with baby and it resets you, it resets baby, and um, it can be really encouraging for your milk supply. If you've ruled out a tie or something going on with baby and maybe you are one of those people that truly just has in, insufficient glandular, glandular tissue or, you know, something going on where your body just isn't making enough milk, you can talk to a lactation consultant about different supplements and herbs that you can take. But that's typically a last resort. You really want to make sure there's not a milk removal issue first before even going down that road. <laughs> so what if we have a clogged duct or more serious kind of complications going on there. Is that something that you assist moms with? And what would that kind of look like? Right. So for a clogged duct, um, for sure, I could definitely assist mom. Mastitis, I would say it would depend. 
it would depend. Some moms don't want to take an antibiotic and they want to try to treat it naturally. So in that case, I would kind of walk her through some options. Um, but clogged ducts for sure. There's, um, you know, saline soaks. There's kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with the Hakka. I say it's new, but I guess it's not that new. <laughs> um, it just feels like a lifetime ago that I breastfed because they didn't have the Hakka when I breastfed. <laughs> so it feels new to me. Um, so the Hakka, I've seen people do the um, the saline soaks with the Hakka. And that kind of is like a double, it has dual purpose because it uses the suction of the Hakka and the, the um, health benefits of the saline. So it kind of um, pulls the clog out while it's um, treating with that saline solution. So that's a great option. Um, dangle feeding um, is another great one. So kind of using gravity, just leaning over your baby in kind of an all fours position. You can use pillows to support. Um, and then also feeding baby where their nose is kind of pointing towards that clog. Using just different positionings um, to remove that clog are usually all very effective options. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, after you said like that dangle feeding and stuff, it does like make me remember back to, you know, feeding Rosie and having to do those sort of things or, you know, just having like that one like awkward spot that's just seeming <laughs> like it's not coming out or, or something's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, something else I didn't mention is definitely gentle massage and heat you know, while you're feeding to kind of work those clogs out. That's a good option as well. What other things do you kind of like suggest for a new mom that's just starting this breastfeeding journey or even just, you know, advice for moms in general? It doesn't have to do with, you know, breastfeeding and, and everything. Just, you know, your experience, things that you struggled with and um, just like kind of words of advice or wisdom that you'd want to pass on to maybe your past self and wish that you knew then. Yeah. <laughs> um, ask for help. Don't be embarrassed. You know, if your neighbor says, oh, I can make you a, I can make you a dinner. Um, or I can fold your laundry. Yes. Say yes. Just say yes. It's fine. Let them fold your underpants. It's okay. <laughs> um, don't, you know, don't be afraid to take people up on their offers to help. That is a big thing. And get yourself a good baby carrier, <laughs> especially if this is not your first baby. Um, even if it is, I would say baby wearing was a lifesaver for me with both of my children, but especially with my second. Um, and there's there's resources out there. I, I actually need to see what, what the name of the group is in South Carolina, but I believe there's a baby wearing organization where they can, can bring your baby carrier. They can show you how to use it. They can show you different um, tricks and positions and stuff. Having those hands free, um, I feel like is so important because you can have your baby close to you where they want to be, where they're not screaming and they're content and happy but you still feel like you have time to make yourself a snack or, you know, throw the laundry in or throw some dishes in the dishwasher. It's a really great tool. Um, and just give yourself grace. You know, it's okay if your house doesn't look like HGTV when you've had a new baby. Your job is just to be a new mom and to focus on your baby and to recover because you just gave birth and it's okay to do nothing. Awesome. And then I guess kind of, you know, when would be 
a turning point of maybe we do need to supplement with formula or, you know, like we aren't producing enough that maybe like breastfeeding is too hard for us to continue with? Yeah, so that's a tricky question because everybody's so different. I would say if your goal is to breastfeed, that reaching out to a lactation consultant is really important because you need to know how much to supplement and you need to know why you're having to supplement if there is a why. You know, again, sometimes there is a true issue with supply and maybe that's just how it's going to be. But breastfeeding is not all or nothing. So if you want to breastfeed and maybe you do have truly a low supply, um, you can do both. But I think working with a lactation consultant in that scenario is so important because you want to make sure that you're not giving too much supplementation or too little supplementation. So I think that answer is going to vary case to case. And I think working with someone that's trained in um, lactation is just really important in that scenario. Awesome. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add or any other questions that maybe came up? Hmm. Um, I didn't get any more questions. I think I answered all the ones that we got over here. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm just, I'm thankful that you're doing this podcast, Sarah. I think it's so important. I, I know we talked last time about that missing um, support in the postpartum period and how it's just, it's so, it's so lacking and um, I love that you're doing this so moms have a resource to just feel not so isolated and like they're not alone when they're going through these things. So I guess just thank you for doing what you're doing Aww. and thank you for having me on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously you're local to the Greenville area. So, um, you know, if we're not from the Greenville area or anything like that, like how, or even just in general, like how can we get in touch with you? Where can we reach you? Where are you at on social media? All of that information. Yes, so I have a um, I have a website. My um, page is Rising Song, um, so you can find me that way through Google. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, same name, um, Rising Song, or Sarah CLC IBCLC on Instagram. You can share my phone number. <laughs> you can reach out. Um, my email address is s o'rourke three one five at gmail.com. And you can also find me on the Lactation Network website. Perfect. I will be sure to put all of that in the show notes and to share all of your information. So again, thank you so much for coming on and really just talking with us and, and getting all that information out there. You're welcome. It was great. <laughs> Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.